Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Permission to Pivot podcast. I'm your host, Jasmine, and want to welcome you to season two, where we're mastering our mental. And I'm talking to all of the mental health and wellness experts, enthusiasts, and advocates that are in my community and beyond. Today's guest is Miss Cassie Butcher. Um, Cassie, can you let our listeners know who you are, what you do, and where you're from? Yes, yes, yes. Hey, everyone. Uh, Jazz, thank you for having me. Again, nice, my name you. is Cassie. I am a self-care mentor and a trainee therapist. You see the title switch? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. I'm into that. Um, but I'm a self-care mentor and currently a trainee therapist. And I have my own business called Cassie's Care Self-Care and Wellness, where I focus on helping people practice self-care, prioritize their peace and having fun while doing it. Um, I do that through whether it's one-on-one mentorship, group mentorship, my wellness retreats, my self-care and wellness events that I have now also like a self-care online shop for like apparel and stationary items. I like to consider myself the self-care queen, the self-care guru. <laughs> that yes, is absolutely. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So I'm curious because you're in school, you're training to be a therapist, which maybe means that your education is different. Your previous education is different. So I'm curious how you got into all of the self-care things because you're not just a coach or a mentor. You're like in all of the things. And so how, like what was the catalyst that influenced your own um, enthusiasm into self-care and really leaning into that. Yeah, girl, heartbreak. No, no. Well, you know, that'll do it every time, baby. You know, I think it was the spark, you know, for okay. sure. Um, as I often tell my story, you know, when I started my brand, it started off as a wellness blog for myself. So it was a private little blog that I um, started doing after a very hard breakup in undergrad, my first boyfriend in undergrad broke my heart. I think it was like my second year. And I just was not feeling like, okay. I was like, I don't know who this woman is. I don't feel like, what do I do? I don't even know. I just didn't know myself. And um, everyone's like, it's first love's curse. You'll be okay. And I was like, no, y'all, this is not, I don't really feel this different. And then everyone was just calling it first love's curse. And I was just like, no, like this feels like horrible mm-hmm. and so horrible to the point where I was like I'm gonna go to therapy on campus uh shout out to the CAP center at Cal State San Bernardino but I started going to therapy and sure enough it was more than just first love's curse I mean we got to unpack a lot of like childhood you know uh daddy issues and all that kind of stuff and just like me not knowing what self-care even was and like her working with me to kind of really start incorporating self-care practices to know myself better and to like love myself to a point to where I wouldn't find myself in the same emotional hole when it comes to dating and relationships. Mm -hmm. And uh, once I felt comfortable enough to share that blog with friends and family, um, I took all the blogs off from private, made them public, and people were like, oh my gosh, I have these exact same kind of daddy issues. Oh my gosh, I felt this way before. And I was like, oh dang, I thought it was just me out here. Mm-hmm. And then um, my second year of graduate school, I was wrapping things up, and I was like, you know what? I think I kind of want to write a poetry book. And I did. I wrote a poem about everything. Um, I've always been one to write my feelings down. Like, if anything, I just love writing my feelings down. And you see that reflect in my content. Because people be like, yeah, Cassie, but just the way you say it. And I'm like, that's just... 
that's what I do. I speak it more than I, uh, like I can write it down so much better than I can putting my video or camera in my face or anything. Mm -hmm. And um, seeing my friends, I also was very involved on campus. And so um, planning events for 20,000 student population, it was easy for me mm -hmm. to start being like, oh, I could just use this same formula and plan self-care events. And so my friends are always like, you're the planner. You're the one who can bring everyone together. You should really make a business out of this because like you just know so much about self-care and wellness and like you should do this. And so pandemic came along and we all had time. And so, <laughs> so I was yeah. like, okay, let's flush out the, fan the foundation of this brand. And, and now we're here today where like I have flushed out a nice foundation of like when people, when people see me, they're like, you're the self-care girl. And I'm like, I am the self-care girl. And um, recognizing that people just didn't have those resources of finding that self-care and that mental and emotional support outside of therapy. And, you know, sometimes people get scared to talk about it because therapists will be like, you don't know what you're talking about. So I can understand yeah. you don't want to give no, you don't want to misdiagnose no one or give people the wrong advice. But how do I find out how to give you some advice, even though I'm not a therapist? And so I felt like I was able to do that through my self-care coaching that I was offering. And I know I transitioned to calling myself a mentor because I started recognizing that that's what this has become to feel like for me. Like women mm. will come to me and I have been just mentoring them through their self-care journeys. Sometimes men will come to me as well, but I find myself being a mentor and then every time I would have a one-on-one -on -one session with someone, they would be like, girl, you feel like a therapist. And I'm like, uh-uh, do not say that. Do not have the government coming after me. Yeah. I do not want any of that. And so hearing it so much, I was like, you know what? I should probably go back to school to get that degree too, because there was a cap on how much help I could provide people. Because once I got to a certain point, I was just like, um, I think you need a little bit more help than I can offer. I mm -hmm. hated doing that to people. And so I felt like, you know, being able to go and get that understanding um, and, and the license is like, oh, I can help. I can help you more now. I don't have to be like, sorry, I can't help you when like we've made such a great connection. Yeah. It'll be an opportunity for me to kind of help a little on a, on a deeper level. So it just all it's all well-rounded because I love it. I love self-care. I love mental and emotional health and well-being. These are things I could talk about in my sleep. So it also feels um, purposeful as well at the yeah. same time. So I'm really excited about that. Yeah, man. Um, I just love, well, I don't love that the catalyst was heartbreak because I think back to like the heartbreak that really did me in. And I was like, I could resonate as you were talking about. It, I was like, yeah, I know exactly. I know what you're talking about because mm -hmm. I was there and very much didn't like the woman that I was in that moment. Right. Um, mm -hmm. When you think about having or getting the opportunity to coach women, right. Who are maybe starting in or, and men, right. Cause it's, it, women aren't the only people who engage in self-care, um, who are maybe learning what self-care looks like for them specifically. So beyond what maybe they've seen on social media and like all these other things, right. What are some of the things for someone to be considering when they think about building their own self-care routine? And yeah. things. So I would say as because I've been doing this for my business three years. Mm -hmm. But when it comes to the mentorship and coaching, I feel like I have been doing it for like seven plus essentially. Yeah. Um because I was helping people out undergrad while I was going through stuff. And that's interesting how you can help other people while you're going through something. 
Um, But I will say that I think one of the things that I find myself often when I'm talking to my mentees is like, starting from scratch of like, well, how are you even defining self-care? Are Mm. you defining it as like, oh, if I take a bubble bath, that's self-care. Because sometimes self-care is also you acknowledging your unhealthy habits and creating a game plan to turn those into better habits, to address Mm, that. So really getting to the root of how we're defining self-care, what portion of self-care are we paying attention to? Are we paying to physical self-care, mental self-care, financial self-care, like spiritual self-care? What 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 element of self-care are you only focusing on? What are the other ones that you're neglecting? And um, is it you defining it or is it society defining self-care for you? I'm very big on like, we're not going with what someone else said. And so sometimes when people ask me, how do you define this? I cringe a little bit because I'm like, I don't want to tell you. Not because I don't have the definition, but because I don't want to make that definition your new go-to definition. Like I want you mm-hmm. to define what self-care is for you because it may not be the exact same thing for Cassie or for Jasmine or for anyone else. So really honing in on like, all right, let me really take a moment. People are like, I don't know how to define it. And then we go into like, well, what are the things that you like? What are the things that bring you ease? What are the things that feel healthy to you? What are the things, like we do a deep dive and assessment. People who work with me is like, we're not leaving no corners untouched. There's no, we are, we are, we are, we are, we are discovering you. We are bringing all of you to the light and saying, hey, this is great. And some of the things you don't like, we're not going to beat you up about it. We're going to say, hey, let's talk about why it might be helpful for you to change these things or how these things are impacting you. Instead of just making you feel bad, like hitting you over the head, I'm going to be like, no, like, let's find some encouraging ways to to help you navigate this piece of your identity as well. Yeah. Um, I love that you push your mentees to define things for self. Um, I think that so much of the world that we're living in, um, there are lots of us who are allowing the world to define what things mean and what we should or shouldn't be doing based on like what is trendy or what is popular. And so I love that you're pushing folks, as you said, to discover themselves because yeah, like what feels good, looks good, feels like ease to me, looks different for you and looks different for your, for your mentees. And so mm-hmm. if we're allowing if we're taking a blanket definition or a blanket experience that mm-hmm. is really often surface level and not right. unique to self, then we do ourselves a disservice, right? We do our wellness journey a disservice because we never get to like mm-hmm. the things that actually would heal us and that would actually make us feel good. Um, even if those are the things that are not popular right. or not trendy. Um, you said one thing that you said as you were talking was about discovering self. And I'm curious how in seasons of transition and pivots and evolution and change and growth, how you've been able, how you've been able to discover and rediscover yourself and what that process has looked like for you. Um, Okay. I would say like my most recent transition that I felt like that has been like the most grand is the, I would say the passing of my brother. In 2021? Yes, 2021. He passed two days before my birthday, top of the year. Mm. My birthday is January 11th. He passed January 9th. When I tell you, and I've never lost anyone that close to me. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm 27. 
So I've had grandma, grandparents, aunts and uncles, family. Like I'm so, so fortunate to have gone 27 years without experiencing any kind of loss that was heart wrenching to me. Right. And so, I mean, even when my, when my grandparent, actually my grandpa did pass, but I was younger. So I still didn't like, you know, like there was still, there hadn't been such an impactful death into where I was like, okay, my life is altered for real. For real. Yeah. And having to really come out of a major depressive mindset was so hard. And my friends being like, you're not the same. And I'm like, I'm not like he passed and that version of you, of me that you knew that version passed too. Let me see how this mer- this version meshes with you, um, if it's still possible, and um, that put a new level of perspective on you know like friendships too. Like yo, can you if you could if you could be my friend through death because your friends got you through heartbreak. We we ride out at dawn, like you right. know, we're friends get out of life is tired. Like you know what I mean? Like they, but if you can withstand my distance and 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 me being like I don't want to talk to nobody I don't want to see nobody and not take it personal but just know that that is a space that I'm in for a couple months too and um to me that's like yo that's that's tough so it's like thank you because I don't want to be an a-hole to you but I'm in this that's where right. I am in this life I, well, I, as I recreate who I am as someone who no longer has her brother and that transition was very very hard for me um the transition to being able to understand grief on a different level Um, because no one wants to understand that kind of grief. Like now I've had people lose loved ones and I'm like, Ooh, it it gives me the chills because I'm like, I I know what you got to go through. And Mm -hmm. I pray you make it through that because it is very, very, very hard. And so, um, it's always like one of those things we say, like, this is a club that I never want to welcome you to. Like, everyone comes to it, but I don't, this is not the club we yeah. want to invite you to. We we don't throw parties over here. We, it's it's not lit. Like, it's yeah. fun. Um, but going through that transition of being like, I don't want to do any of this anymore. I don't care. And I feel like you're standing still. Like the world is still moving. And it's like your world has been at a halt for like a year and some change. And like, I think it was about 10 months into, it was about 10 months into it. And I was like, I wonder how many pills you got to take to overdose or something. I was like, not that mm. I'm going to try it, but I just wonder. And my brain said, immediately you need a therapist, sweetheart. And I remember, like, the fact that you would ask such a question. Though you were in a space to do that, the fact that my brain went that far, like, how many are you going to take? I'm just curious. Like, why? What you curious for, girl? Mm -hmm. And so I had started looking for a therapist. I mean, I popped on psychologytoday.com, and I, like, sent, like, 15 to 20, like, intake forms like I'm looking for a therapist I'm dealing with my brother's passing I'm grieving and then one young lady responded and we met and I was just like I need some emotional support right now and I was just like I am not trying to harm myself none of that but this thought scared me this thought like I recognized like oh girl that's not you that's that's that thought's a little too far Mm -hmm. and so I worked with her up until 
this July. I'm so sad she had got a new job, so she transitioned. But for like the last year and some change, she was able to kind of sit with me in my grief, in my pain, mm-hmm. and kind of encourage me to get through that. And for me, that has been like one of the biggest transitions in my life as of, as of late, like one of the most impactful. And most people would think like, oh, you just moved to LA. Maybe maybe that might be the transition. And I'm like, no, like the, the transition was my brother transcending essentially from, yeah. from this human form. Like that was the transition <laughs> most recently yeah. for me. Yeah. Well, I first, I appreciate your vulnerability, right? Because I recognize that um, when you lose someone um, that is that close to you, right? A sibling um, that like, that's not an easy thing to talk about regardless of how long it's been. Right. And so I appreciate you being vulnerable and sharing how you navigated that and are navigating that experience. Right. Because grief also doesn't go away. Your lived experience that you will always grieve because your brother is missing from experiences that you want him to be a part of. Um, and I, and I am glad that you talked about, right. That like, there was a moment one, I'm glad that you talked about, there was a moment where I knew there was a thought and I wasn't seriously considering it, but it was a thought that I would normally not have. And that's Mm -hmm. like a right triggered, like, "Mm, we need some additional outside perspective, (laughs) insight and support, Mm -hmm. right. Because, um, Sometimes we don't get that support, right? That those mm-hmm. thoughts that don't seem like us mm-hmm. have the ability to like become our thoughts, right? Yeah. And so I appreciate you talking about that even being the catalyst for for seeking additional support, right? Um, and then you talked about your friends and how lot loss and grief like changes mm-hmm. the dynamics of friendships and what it mm-hmm. means to to show up yeah. as a friend to someone who is grieving especially if you're not in the club and you mm-hmm. don't know, right? Cause there's so many, there's so many, like, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to say. Like, yeah. I'm not really sure like mm-hmm. how to support you, but I want to support you cause I love you. And so I'm curious for folks who may um, be navigating a grief journey or maybe supporting someone who is navigating a grief journey of any kind. What are some um things that were helpful for you that you received from your community, the support that you received from your community, but what were the, some of the things that you needed and maybe you didn't get, but you, you wish that you could have told your community or you wish someone could have read your mind and just shown up in that way for you. Um, I would like to say that I had some very great support for through, through my grief process. Yeah. And one of the things that I learned is that when you are grieving, you kind of, not every, not everyone knows how to navigate your grief. You don't know how to navigate your grief. Right. Yeah. One. Two, it was also very interesting to see, like, I felt like the way that my friends supported me and respected me, it also, it deepened my love for them because it showed me that this friendship wasn't just based on how good I made them feel. Like they Mm. stuck around when I couldn't make them feel good. They weren't like, Cassie's changed. She's different. This is just, okay, I get it. Your brother died. Oh my gosh. They didn't do do none of that. They were just like, Cassie is heartbroken, bro. And I just wish I could take this pain away from her. Mm -hmm. And them standing with me. Cause a lot of people do be like, enough is enough. Like, we know, but oh, well, like all of yeah. my friends were like, girl, take your time. 
We know yeah. how much your brother meant to you. Do not like it is a okay. If I did have yeah. friends who felt like I was crying too much, they wasn't close ones, so I didn't care. <laughs> I didn't right. care what they what they thought. But yeah. my close friends was very much just like they check in on me, and they're like, I kind of am scared to check in on you, but I want to check in on you. Some of my friends were just like, we're just we're just door dashing. We're not saying anything. Pick up the food outside your door. That was helpful. Mm. They didn't yeah. say condolences or say, I'm praying for you. Because actually, those were the two most frustrating things that people told me. My condolences. I send my prayers. When you hear that from over 100 people, it really feels like just another sentence. So it's just mm -hmm. like, you got, like, I know you mean well, but really keep them condolences because I'm tired. of. I just opened another dumb message with the same sentence in it. It feels, but I get it. People don't know what else to say. Yeah. And they want to send some type of love, but that's actually more annoying. Mm -hmm. So like, what's funny because when someone um, does lose someone now, I am so like, I can't say my condolences. I can't say I'm praying for you. I'm like, what can I say? Like, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, whether it's be saying like, oh, you know what? I am... I hope you get to relax today. I hope I hope your mind gives you a break today. Mm, like, yeah. I hope that you get to have good thoughts about your brother today. Like really customizing it. Yeah. So it doesn't just sound like, oh, this was a script I got from Google or this is something that I say because this is what everyone has been taught to say. Just say my condolences, my prayers. And especially if you if, if you don't pray, if you tell me my thoughts and prayers are with you and you don't ever pray. I don't I, want your please make it make sense. So my community, my community being really like customizable in the mm -hmm. way that they kind of showed up for me of just sending me stuff. And obviously my birthday was two days later. My friends like showing up still with balloons. They're like, we're just gonna put the balloons here though. Like, and we know you don't want to celebrate, but it's still your birthday. So we 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 wouldn't feel right if we didn't get you anything. Like, you know what I mean? Right. And they're like, he would want you to smile on your birthday. We know that's a horrible statement to say, but like still trying to be like, let's smile-ish kind of like, you know, like I see right. their struggle and their love at the same time. And they're willing to meet me in the middle of that. Like they're willing to make their lives a little bit more complex because their friend is broken right now. And yeah. that's like a lot when your friend is like, I'm willing to, to step into the complexity with you. I'm willing to step into the grief with you. That's different. So it's just kind of like, I felt like um, I had a lot of good support, but I also like, it was minimized. It was just like, all right, you five friends, that's it. Nobody else. Like that's like, cause even, even my mom wanted to be there for me and I wouldn't let her be there for me. And she was like, mm. I feel like, like me and my sister, um, because my brother, he was around since I was like, I think seven, he was around for 18 years. So he was with my sister. So mm. everyone's like, oh, it's just your brother-in-law. And I'm like, no, that's my brother. Like, yeah. second dad type stuff. Like, yeah. and then, no, but, but your brother-in-law. And I'm like, but I said brother. Like, if you're going right. to just try to argue with me about titles, scrimp. Because I'm telling right. you what this man, what, what he identifies as in my life and what he means to me. Like, when he's calling me brother, I'm calling him sister. Like, you know, I mean, he's calling me sister. I'm calling him brother. Like, we're not saying in-law. Yeah. We're not saying, oh, they're related. We're just straight up. 
that's my brother, that's my sister. And so people wanting to understand that, I think another thing that was really complicated for me to navigate is people asking, how did he die? Mm. To this day, it don't matter who dies. I think that's the dumbest question you could ask. Yeah. I think that's the dumbest question you could ask. And I had to find myself being like, does that change anything? Like, does that, does that bring, if I tell you, does it bring him back? Does it change the way you're going to show up and support me? Because that's how right. it's well, it just fills your curiosity. And right. your curiosity is not important in this matter. The, what's important yeah. is that you're grieving the loss of a loved one. So I found myself being irritated off that and trying to teach people, like, please don't ask how someone died. Like, if <laughs> yeah. you can't get it offline or whatever, like, you don't see it, there's no, there's no point in you knowing. No one's posted yeah. the way the person passed away. It's no, that's not a very important fact. What's important is this person is gone and this other person is, like, trying to navigate those things. So I think, like, that experience also really continued to just like solidify. Like I knew I had great friends. It just solidified how deep me and my friends already were and how much they knew me to be able to show up for me in a time like yeah. this. It was a blessing yeah. for sure. Yeah. And it's, I, as someone who like values community, right? Like I recognize that when you have friends who will get in the trenches with you, when you are like, I don't even know what I need. I don't know. Like, I know I need something, but I can't tell you what it is. And they, they're just consistently showing up. And even when they don't get it right, right. When they, they show up with intention and with love and care that like, you can still receive them and be like, you don't have to get it right. Cause like, I don't know how this is supposed to look anyway. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, cause this is new to me. And so kudos to the friends, right. Who show up in the, show up in the moments that are really dark for us and get in the trenches with us and walk through that with us. Yeah. Um, because then they get to see all of the healing and the beauty on the other side mm -hmm. of those really tough moments. Um, and they're part of like cultivating that right in us right. and for us. And so shout out, shout out, shout out to the community that be holding it down. My community, Cassie's community, because what, where would we be without you? Where would we be? Um, I want to switch gears a little bit because I know that you talked about all things self-care um, and I'm curious to know what is, um, how have you paired like healing through transitions and what does that look like for you? You said, how have I paired healing through transitions? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I would say that kind of goes back to how I talked about like that assessment aspect, um, really right. being mindful, like what, what are you trying to heal from? Mm. It's like there's healing. And then there's accountability. Like, are you just trying to heal from something that you don't like? Or are you trying to heal from a real traumatic or unfortunate experience or something that has really altered your life in a way? So really understanding like, okay, um, are you trying to heal from this guy who played you, but you kind of just ignored all the red flags? I mean, every single flag was red, not one was green. Um, <laughs> being honest in, in your role in it. I think sometimes when we're like, I'm healing from this. Um, we can get caught up in the idea of blaming everyone around us. But it's like in the midst of me healing, I have to recognize the role that I may have played in the hurting. So, and, mm. and, and once I recognize the role that I play um, as I'm going through my transition, I'm not only trying to guarantee that someone else doesn't break my heart this way, but I'm also trying to learn myself better to make sure I don't break my heart this way. 
So if it's like, dang, you want to be loved so bad. If I know that's a thing, it's like, okay, we'll still be mindful when you date people. Don't just accept anything because you desire to be in a relationship. Like there's nothing wrong with you desiring that, but don't desire it so much to where you start um, skipping out on the steps that are very important or to where you start sacrificing things that are so important for a relationship. And then later on, you're feeling like, I gave them everything and I should have never because it's like you knew so really being transparent and like, what role do I play in my hurting and in my healing? And and how do I how do I make progress internally so it can reflect externally? Because I think a lot of us want to mm-hmm. make an outward appearance of progress, but it's like, no, let me let me take a look at my heart really quick. Let's see how my heart is postured. Um, and, and acknowledging where the root of it comes from, like, whether it's like, you know what, if you didn't have a good relationship with your dad or you didn't have daddy issues, so you don't know how to navigate relationships with men. Okay, cool. Like now that we're aware of that, let's try to learn what that will look like to, to help you feel safe and secure and not just settle for the first man that says, man, that says hi to you. Like, no, still having some like, um, I don't want to say rules for lack of better terms, but some guidelines set in place. So you don't find yourself going down a loophole with a person all over again who just doesn't really care for you like you think they do in the first three to four days. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I love that you you emphasize, right, this idea that we also play a role sometimes in not all the time, but sometimes, right? Mm-hmm. That we also are playing roles that contribute to the harm that we experience. Right. There are other times when like the harm is not ours to own, but there are a lot of times, right. When it's like, I knew better. I didn't do better, but I knew better. Or maybe I didn't know better, but I was still behaving in ways that like led to X, Y, Z result. And so that accountability piece of like the ways, the ways that other people show up are important and matter. Mm -hmm. And the way that I show up for myself matters and, and the way that I show up in the lives of other people matter as well. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, Cassie, as we wrap up, I want to close with this final question. Not a question. It's a statement. I don't know why I keep saying that it's a question. It's, it's a fill in the blank statement. Um, you can fill it, you can fill it in in whatever way makes sense for you in this moment. The statement is I have permission to. The statement is I have permission to, um, okay. Alrighty. I have permission to to grow. I have permission to grow in this season. I have permission to heal without worrying about judgment of others. I have permission to seek the the peaceful lifestyle that I desire to live. I have permission to flourish and to just love and grow and live a lifestyle that is pleasing to me. Affirmation. I love it. I love it. Um, can I give you a permission affirmation? Yes. So I I want you to know that you have permission to continue cultivating spaces for others to thrive, but to ensure and protect the spaces that allow yourself to thrive so that mm-hmm. you can continue to show up in your own corner of the world and on the internet as the amazing self-care guru extraordinaire expert that you are um, because 
there is a world of people that are counting on you to show up um, so that they can begin to show up fully for themselves. And so I just want to say thank you for the work that you do, um, both online and off, right? And really helping other folks understand like who they are um, and lean into all of the messy parts that make them themselves. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for granting me permission. <laughs> of course. Um, Cassie, can you let our listeners know where they can connect with you to follow along with all of the amazing and dope work that you are doing? Yeah. So uh, they can always connect with me on Instagram, TikTok, X. I was going to say Twitter. Um, but as well as my website, all like platforms, I am Cassie'sCure.com, at Cassie's Cure, my email, info at Cassie's Cure. Um, they are more than welcome to just kind of check out any of the free self-care and wellness resources that I like. I love to offer people. Join me on upcoming retreats, sign up for one-on-one mentorship, snag one of my self-care playlists off of Apple or Spotify. I am branded for sure. Cassie's Cure through and through for sure. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Y'all in the playlist, they do be bussing. Yes. They be exactly what they need to do, okay? Um, well, I will leave all of Cassie's information in the show notes. So if you're looking um, forward to connecting with her, you'll have an easy way to get in touch with her. Thank you so much. Cassie, for all of your insight today and for your vulnerability. Um, And thank you, listeners, for joining us for this episode of Permission to Pivot. Uh, Make sure that you like, comment, subscribe, and share this podcast with a friend or loved one. Look forward to seeing you for more of season two, bringing in incredible mental health and wellness experts, advocates, and enthusiasts to talk more about how you can master your mental through your pivots and transitions. We'll see you on the next episode. Oh, 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 oh